0: From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line. 217-351-5357 217-351-5357 now live from the esquire lounge on walnut street in downtown Champaign, here are the news gazette media sports writers and your host steve kelly
1: hello everybody welcome to our first november edition of monday night sports talk here at the esquire with you until six o'clock tonight how many people played golf today Couple, look at that. On the first uh, Monday in November, that's good. I'm I'm envious of you folks being able to do that.
2: Ask Lauren if he shot his age.
1: I don't think Lauren really played. I think he was fooling (laughs) with me. I saw Lauren all day long, so I didn't see him on the golf course. We're going to talk Illinois football. The Illini have won three straight on the road, one uh, victory away from bowl eligibility. And And the way I look at it, Illinois has Michigan State right where they want them. I'm going to tell you why. Illinois has won three straight. Michigan State has lost three straight, Mm -hmm. albeit to top ten teams at the time. And Michigan State's a 14-and-a-half point favorite in this game. So that's why I say Illinois has them right where they want them. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, you're going on the road this week, I hear.
2: I am. Uh, I'm going to be going with Bob to East Lansing, because Scott is going to sunny Arizona. What's the temperature? Probably 80, 85.
3: Uh, I, much warmer than East Lansing. I
2: think the high on Saturday is supposed to be about 35 in East Lansing, a cold, gray, dreary Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah weather.
3: Saturday afternoon, I'll probably, you know, I'll be working, but I, uh, maybe poolside in the sun. It's fine. I'm not sure there'd be, I'd much rather be at East Lansing. It's all
2: right, Scott. I, I hope both Illinois games go into double overtime for you on Friday and Sunday night right on deadline. No, That's,
3: it don't. It's going to affect you just as much as it affects me. True.
2: But I'll be in East Lansing, so I won't care.
1: The Illinois basketball season opens uh, tomorrow night. We're going to talk more about that with our guest coming up after our first break. But a few minutes on Illinois football and the game the other day. Scott, let's start with uh, a 10-10 to ball game at halftime. Then the Illinois defense turned it up in the third quarter with a couple of scores, and you got the you ended up with the outcome you thought you might have, but maybe some people were wondering if it was going to get there
3: at one point. Yeah, 10-10 uh, to 10 at halftime was probably a bit concerning for Illinois. Uh, just, just the idea that they were letting Rutgers hang around, and, I mean, Rutgers had absolutely nothing to lose in that game or any game really moving forward, so giving them hope was maybe uh, the... the the worst thing Illinois could do, but then, as you said, Steve, the defense kind of kicked it into gear, uh, was blessed again by the turnover ferry as the takeaways just keep going Illinois' way, and um, they capitalized. I mean, that's maybe the most important thing, and the thing that they have done in this three-game winning streak is not only take the ball away, but score off of those uh, <coughs> extra offensive opportunities. So, everything you know, went Illinois' way uh, in the third quarter, and and then, I mean, it was over at that point. Turnover ferry? Yeah, it's a
4: thing. Turnover? I've never heard of that. It must be new.
1: Lovey Smith said today at his weekly press conference, there's no doubt that this game Saturday is the biggest game in his time here at the University of Illinois, trying to get to that sixth win and bowl
4: eligibility, and he's kind of looking at it, Bob, as a
1: playoff game, and in a way it is.
4: He's right. I think he's absolutely, absolutely right. It's the most important game in four years here. I think, think it really goes back to the Northwestern game in '15, which he wasn't here. That would be the last, most important game. But this one certainly important because where they are, their chance to get a little eligible, kind of a miracle, frankly. Three games ago, we thought, well, this team is dead. They're going to lose to Wisconsin by 40. They're going to get run over. They're going to be two and ten. They're going to be firing the, firing their coach. And now, nobody's talking about firing the coach anymore. Nobody's talking about that. I think the ne- this next thing we'll be talking about an extension. Now, so they're not there yet. Right.
1: Obviously, they need one more win to get bowl eligible. They're a two-touchdown underdog. If you if you pay attention to that, they'll be an underdog next week on the road at Iowa.
2: Two weeks from now. Uh,
1: right. Next week. Bi-week. Next week.
2: Next week. They can't win or lose because yep. they're off. They have the the bye week next Saturday. Week.
4: Open week. I- idle.
1: So they yeah they won't win or lose that week, but. Fact is, in, in two of the last three games, they're likely to be underdogs, so it's not automatic yet, but they could get some more attention this week.
2: Yeah, and Michigan State's a difficult opponent for, for the line, and the fact that they have a really good uh, defensive line, a, a very strong defense, that's kind of been the, the bread and butter of Mark D'Antonio since he's been in charge of the Spartans, and then the offense is kind of a little bit murkier waters for, for Michigan State. Uh, Illinois is going to have to play, uh, take advantage of, of the turnover ferry, as, as Scott likes to say, uh, again this Saturday. And, and the run game is going to have to continue to produce like they have with Reggie Corbin, Dre Brown, and Rayvon Bonner. and Heck, even Brandon Peters is getting in on, on the run game now. Uh, not too sure what the weather will be like as far as how that will affect the, the passing game, but it is going to be cold. And cloudy, I don't think there's any chance of rain yet uh, for Saturday. So uh, a great opportunity for Illinois to just continue the surge that they're on and and create more national relevancy. And uh, to get to that six-win mark with two games to go would be a a huge stepping stone for Illinois. And then if they're able to pull off the win uh, on Saturday in in East Lansing, not only are you celebrating a bowl bid, but then you're thinking, okay, can I get another win? Can I get two more wins? Can I increase the the chances to go to a a pretty respectable bowl game uh, when it's all said and done? And... Three weeks ago, none of us were probably thinking that that would be a possibility, but that's uh, that's the reality now for, for Illinois football.
1: Phone line is open, 356-9397, if you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire. Raise your hand if you have any questions, comments, or whatever about Illinois football, basketball, or anything else on your mind. Let's go to the phones, and Neil in Bloomington, you're with us. Go ahead, Neil.
4: Yeah, I want to talk to Scott Ritchie about Illinois recruiting. Um, what's their... What's the process, uh, where, where do they stand on some of these guys that they're trying to recruit, and what do you think the chances are that they can get some of these guys um, to come to Illinois? Thanks for your time, and thanks for taking the call, and I'll listen to what you guys got to say.
3: Okay, well, um, since they already have secured commitments from Coleman Hawkins, and then most recently on Friday, uh, Andre Curbelo, which was a huge addition uh, for the 2020 class, Um Really, the focus almost solely turns to Adam Miller at this point of the recruiting calendar. At least with the 2020 class, um, four-star guard out of Morgan Park uh, would be a, a pretty nice complement to Andre Curbelo in the backcourt. Uh, just they have you know uh, different skill sets uh, that they can both play together, and I think uh, landing him would you know put the nice capper uh, on the class, and then would give Brett Underwood and his coaching staff an opportunity to really turn the focus to 2021, where there are a number of in-state targets that have kind of you know, become a priority you know, for uh, the Illini. So it's, uh, November hasn't been quite as good for Illinois basketball until maybe this November when you know, Coleman Hawkins told me a couple of weeks ago that he's going to sign in the early period. Andre Carbello is 100% uh, on board for Illinois, so I would expect him to sign as well. And then if they can get Adam Miller, that would be, uh, that'd be huge.
1: When's that signing date? Mid
3: month. Uh, yeah, it's uh, next week. Actually, it okay. starts uh, November thirteenth and runs week, so thirteenth through the twentieth. And you know, Illinois has only signed one player in November. The last couple uh, of recruiting classes. And that it's was pretty was, good, though. I mean, I would assume so. That's a big one, but uh, if they can maybe have their class done at this point uh, before the season really even gets going, I think that's a huge step.
1: More basketball talk coming up uh, momentarily, but uh, Neil, thanks for the call. We appreciate that. One other: if you went to the game the other day, the football game, you probably noticed at halftime a short message, less than 20 seconds, from Bobby Rountree. He had a little talk and said, uh, "Go Illini," and he was doing fine. And earlier in the week, they announced a GoFundMe page for Bobby Rountree with a goal of raising $97,000. They've already hit that. They're just shy of it by $1,000 or so. So the Illini fandom is coming through on that, and uh, that will be interesting to keep an eye on. But uh, it was great to see him, Bob, and he didn't have a lot to say, but just the fact that he was up there on the big board I think was was good.
4: Right. Levi Smith said today, he was asked about it, and he said that he's been involved, been in on meetings, watched them through uh, FaceTime, whatever it's called. One of those things I don't understand. One of the many things I don't understand, but I think the goal should be 190, 197,000 or 297,000. Just make 97 the last numbers, last two numbers. But I think I don't expect Illinois fans to stop giving him money or stop supporting him. I think really for the rest of his career, you came up with a great idea, which I'll, I'll uh, let you tell people that I think is a great idea. Uh, what you think should happen next with Bobby?
1: Well, Josh Whitman said at halftime that he would be back. That Bobby Roundtree will be back on campus. Probably early next year, just after what's that? Two months away, uh, he'll be back to to uh, taking classes and uh, resuming his education. And as long as he's in that capacity, the university certainly will help uh, with those expenses and take care of him. I think, in in the in the long run, maybe they find a job for Bobby Roundtree Correct. on on the University of Illinois staff in some capacity. He's a sharp guy, and uh, he'll certainly have a lot to to offer, but to, we'll see how that plays out. But that was just a thought that crossed my mind.
4: That's a great idea. I think that's, and that wouldn't surprise me if that's what they consider doing or do. I think it makes a lot of sense. Having them involved, and again, if you tell people all the time, we're, we're gonna support you for the rest of your career, then you, then you show people you can do it. That, that's really a positive thing.
1: So okay. it's Illinois and uh, Michigan State coming up on Saturday. There's another big game about the Penn State at Minnesota. Your thoughts on that? Two undefeated well, teams.
4: You know my thoughts on P.J. Fleck. Can't coach. Dope. Weirdo. But but he's having a great year. He's had, they're having the most surprising as surprising Illinois has been. Minnesota is more surprising. So I think he's having a great year. This is a test for them. Penn State's a really good team. They're playing really well. And, and that's not going to be a team that Minnesota can roll over. It's a lot harder than te- the teams they beat earlier in the year. So this is going to be a challenge. If they win this game, just go ahead and give them the Coach of the Year award right now. But if they don't win this game, it will be more like what I thought was going to happen in the first place. Did
1: but you yeah. teach uh, Bob how to walk the fence like that?
2: No, but this is going to be my weekend, so uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how... Lucky man. Yeah, it, it's been a while since we've gone on a, a football road trip, but I fully expect from the time we... Reach Indiana until the time we get to almost Kalamazoo, he'll have a lot of things to say on his mind.
4: We're not going to Kalamazoo, we're going to Lansing.
2: No, I know, but by the time we get oh, to I'll Kalamazoo, get you. Get Bob.
4: You. I was confused. I thought we were going Don't to worry, be, I, I am Don't worry, I, I
2: am driving and in charge of directions for this. But weekend, he should, so.
4: Scott, or Matt should tell you what's really true on road trips with me. I pay for everything, okay? Uh, not everything, a lot of things. I'm heavily. I'm you have
2: high standards, so that's why. Well, that's true,
4: too. Yeah, we won't be going to cheap places, that's for sure. But no,
2: we'll probably get Godfather's Pizza because that's Ooh. what you always I, have to eat on, you. on a road trip. Great Good idea. Can't wait.
4: So hopefully we'll see you guys up there. It's fun. Great place to go. We, I, I've been there since, what, 10 years? Nine years? 2010. 2010. Crazy. So be a lot. I love going there, actually. So it great. be great. Great, great campus. It is a great campus, Grand it's, a, it's campus. A great
1: for those of you who care, which is probably nobody <laughs> but us up here. It's got a great press box. Right. The, uh, the, the view for the press box is good because it's between the levels. Right. It's not, Very way, close. It's not way up right. top, so that uh, from a media standpoint. What's wrong with this picture? Ed Bond going to East Lansing. Matt um, Daniels going to East Lansing. Steve Kelly going to East Lansing. Bob Osmussen going to East Lansing. Scott Ritchie going to Arizona.
3: <laughs> I mean, the Illinois basketball team's in Arizona. That's the team I'm good to go.
1: So. I understand. We're going to talk more Illinois basketball. The Illini open the season tomorrow night at the State Farm Center against Nichols State. We've got a member of their staff with us, and we'll bring Adam Fletcher up after our first break. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire in Champaign. Back after this.
0: You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket.
1: Welcome back to Monday Night's Sports Talk. We are at the uh, Esquire downtown Champaign with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. Here's truly Steve Kelly going to talk some Illinois basketball. Say hi, everybody, to Adam Fletcher, All
3: right, All right.
1: Illinois basketball strength and conditioning coach. Entering season number five. You all ready to go? That op- opener's coming up tomorrow night. Yep,
5: yep. Guys are ready to go, tuned up. Uh, obviously next game and excited to get after it tomorrow.
1: What did you think of the exhibition game the other
5: night? Yeah, it had a little bit of everything. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, I think it was good. It was good for the guys to, to work through a couple things and you know, continue to, to push through it. And, and obviously you saw what we could do you know, late in the game. And, and um, I, you know, I think it gave us some teachable moments. And, you know, Coach used that in film, obviously, and I think we'll, you know, see, see improvement tomorrow night.
2: I think one of the most intriguing faces that Illinois fans are, are eager to see tomorrow night is, is Kofi Coburn. You've probably worked more closely with him than anyone has in Champaign since he's arrived this summer. What has that process been like in, in getting him ready for the rigors of college basketball? And also, what the heck was he running on this summer in that treadmill?
5: Yeah, yeah, Uh, you know, Kofi's a special story, obviously. His body is, uh, you don't get that very often. Um, And, and, you know, Coach Antigua and and the staff did a great job of bringing in that caliber of player. Um, And when we had him, you know, early, his his body weight was obviously something that we had to address. And what you mentioned was the Alter-G treadmill. Uh, We have a treadmill in our weight room that we can de-weight guys uh, to 20% of their body weight to have him run. So I was able to do extra conditioning with him on that treadmill. Um, we started at 60% of his body weight to help him lose the weight that he was running at. So he wasn't running at 100% of his body weight, which can then put extra force on the legs, you know, stress fractures, those types of things that we try to avoid as we are doing extra conditioning to bring a guy down. It
2: hurts. I guess. He was Was he scared of that
5: when he first saw it? Yeah. It, again, it looks like
2: a minotaur. <laughs> yeah.
5: No, he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily afraid of it. The- equipment i think he was afraid of of the work that he had to put onto the equipment um but but he did a great job and 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 he's a great listener and he's bought in and and again he's part of the culture now and understands why we do what we do um and and the you know he, he's seen the benefits now and and now now it's easy because he understands why most of the summer kofi was the only new guy you know,
3: that you're working with what difference does that make where you had a group that was accustomed to maybe what you expect out of them
5: yeah, it was it was great for him. I, I told Coach Underwood uh, the, the second weekend. I said the best thing that could happen for Kofi right now is that he is by himself, and it, it really his curve. Um, there, he wasn't allowed to be confused. There wasn't a, 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 a group of three other guys that could be confused with him. Um, he had to understand what was happening, and he had to understand it quick. And you know, guys like Georgie. You know, you all have had the experience of, of talking to Georgie and understanding who he is as a person. He's done a great job of taking him under his wing, um, and if you can do that with a guy like Kofi. Uh, but, again, he's, he's, he's brought him along, and, and those guys have an unbelievable relationship together. Um, and, and, you know, I.L., the, the leadership that we have now, it, it makes it the transitions are easier for guys because we have a locker room that's capable and understanding of what we do and how we do it.
4: I'm an old guy, much older than you. We used to be told don't work out with weights for basketball. And baseball did the same thing. Why does that change? Tell me the benefit for a basketball player working out, and do you lose any touch? Because that was always a concern.
5: Yeah, it's uh, – I think you lose touch if you don't shoot the ball. Um, there you go. It's, it's, you know, great shooters shoot the ball, and if they shoot with consistency, they stay great shooters. Guys that don't shoot the ball well don't shoot it, and, and lifting weights doesn't really impact that if you okay. shoot consistently, right? You, you shoot consistently, you, you get you get, you get adjusted to the strength that you've gained, and it doesn't really change your shot. Um, but it does make you more explosive. It does make you faster. It does make you more injury resilient, which is obviously important. Um, so those are the areas that are, that are, that are the benefits. Um, I would say that, yes, there are times where guys can get too bulky. And that's something that we really address and okay. spend a lot of time on um, is not allowing our guys to get to that point. Um, it, I think there's teams that we play this year that, that may look bigger than us at times. Um, but one of the things that we focus on is movement. And, and it always starts with movement. It's very important that our guys can move, move well. Um, and it doesn't limit their basketball game, right? I, I, I played the game, so I understand right. what it looks like and what you, you know, how you're supposed to move. Um, so I'm not training them to be a football player. You know, that, that's body by Lou. That's what he does, uh, and he does an unbelievable job, right? <laughs> Obviously, we've seen that. I'm not, creating, I'm not creating a football player. I'm creating a basketball player. It's gotcha. much different training.
1: If you have any questions for Adam Fletcher, let me uh, know. I'll get a microphone to you. Back in the back here, Adam, we have one.
4: Hey, Fletch, uh, one of the questions that uh, came up today at the ladies' luncheon for the rebounders was how a Shot Tracker made you more effective uh, in, in what you do?
5: Yeah, uh, for, for, for those who don't know what Shot Tracker is, we have a system um, in, in both of our gyms um, that has a tag on a shoe, so it, does, it gives me player-specific locational accuracy so I can see where you are on the court all the time throughout our entire practice. So that gives me distance covered. So how much distance do you cover in a practice? How fast are you running? And it also gives me jump heights, how many jumps you've had. So that gives us player load. And we monitor player load over time to make sure that guys aren't doing too much in practice or doing too little in practice. There's days where a guy needs extra conditioning at the end of the practice because he may have only ran 1.5 miles, and the team average is 2.5 miles. So if if we have guys that are redshirt, they're not getting as many reps, we're spending extra time conditioning them. Or there's times where Trent Frazier's led the team in in distance covered for that day, we know that coming back the next day we need to back off a little bit. And and coach does a great job of allowing me to sub guys in and out. I'm looking at it real time so we can control how much distance they're covering in a practice to make sure that their training volume is not getting too high. What are the
2: adjustments like, or how do you incorporate newcomers into the program, say for instance last summer with Iota Sumu and Georgie, how do you how do you get them familiar with what you're doing and also not frighten them in the process?
5: Yeah, it's uh, the weight room we, we have what we call the way. Um, and it's 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 the way to become everyday guys and, and our guys understand that. And coaches, my job is to drive culture as much as it is to to be a strength coach and change bodies and, and I'm with the guys year round and, and coach's job right and what he's trying to create is is everyday guys the weight room is the space that allows them to become everyday guys and we spend a lot of time building that culture that creates what you see on the court and it's not always just lifting weights right or it's not always just running it's it's there's so much more that goes into it there's love there's empathy there's there's accountability there's selflessness there's family those are the five that we stick to and that drives our culture to become everyday guys and once we've that's been set right and, and and guys like Kofi come in it becomes easy because that's the standard Um, Io that's the standard they just understand that if they they've seen the results they see what guys look like when they get here where they are a year later and they understand that if I can just step into that and and do that every day that I know a year from now these are the, these are the results that I'm going to get um, one of the things we use it's it's going to the dentist right You don't go to the dentist and your teeth are okay, you have to brush your teeth every day. Um, And and every day it's the small things that you do that that change your body. You don't just look up over the next day and say all of a sudden, wow, I got really good, right? You had to brush your teeth every day to make sure that you didn't get cavities. So it's making sure that we're doing those things every single day to drive the changes to the bodies that we need to have.
0: Hi, uh, Big Al here. Uh, In the exhibition game, you had Georgie outside, you had Kofi inside. Georgie just didn't seem effective on the outside at all. Did a lot of passing, hit, one, threw one three-pointer up, but once he got inside and Kofi wasn't there, he went crazy inside. You can't stop Georgie inside. So how are you going, this dilemma of having Georgie, who's a power inside, and have Kofi, who was a, seemed like a power inside as well, to work together on the, on the floor at the same time?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'm, I'm just a strength coach again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer that uh, to the next guy. But I think their numbers in my mind. I want to say it was like 27 and, mm-hmm. and 26 or something on the, re- I don't know what the rebounds were. But if we're getting that production out of those two guys every night, like I don't think anyone's upset. How, how
2: would you defend Kofi if I, you were back in Adam Fletcher, Miami, Ohio center mode? Would you yeah. just use the I have five foul yeah. route?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, Miami University, there's a couple people out here in the crowd wearing, wearing the hat. I see that. I appreciate that. Um, it's. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I think the answer to that is I wouldn't, right? Um, <laughs> and I, I, I joke about it all the time. I said, man, I'm glad I'm not the guy in practice that has to guard him every single day. Um, and, again, that's one of the things that we monitor. We make sure that, that guys aren't getting <laughs> contact with Kofi every single day. We kind of cycle through who has to guard him. Um, <laughs> or tries to guard him, I think, at, at times. But it's, it's uh, you know, if he if he gets you on his hip, it, you know, good luck. Because the angles, you aren't getting around him, and, and he's, he's very powerful and he can get the job done.
3: I mean, you talked a little bit about adding new players to the mix. In the last couple of seasons, you've had guys, you know, not join the team until August, um, this year Jermaine Hamlin. When you have that situation, what's your process like to maybe get them up to speed but also not you know, drown them in information and yeah, tasks that they need to complete?
5: Yeah, it's, everyone starts at the same point, regardless of what the time is that I get them. Um, at time, that can lead to, obviously, guys not developing as fast. Um, and Jermaine's going through that right now. Um, he's he's experiencing it. The, the biggest thing for Jermaine was to try to get him in the best shape that I could, knowing that he wasn't going to be in good enough shape anyways, uh, but if I could get him into the best shape that I could to be able to get him through practice uh, to give him a chance, it's something that we're still addressing. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's a great guy. He's still not in good enough shape. Um, he knows that. I know that. Our coaching staff knows that. It's something that we're continuing to address. He didn't have all the summer practices. He didn't have all the summer workouts. For us to expect for him, a freshman, to be up to speed at the same level as those other guys that have been with me for a year, two years, or have had the full summer, it's impossible. Um, but we're smart with how we introduce him into the activity. We're smart with how we monitor how much activity he does to make sure that he's not, again, doing too much, putting him in a situation where he's going to be in a bad spot.
1: I was going to ask you about the shock factor of a new guy coming in and then getting with you and to see what was expected. I'm sure that uh, it's much more than they would anticipate, even if they've talked to guys about what it's like, especially the off-season drills. But do you have to kind of temper the uh, the enthusiasm and temper the the program to –
5: to ease it on them? Yeah, it's, my approach, I'm, I'm very militant at first. Um, and I think it's it's out of love, obviously, but they have to understand that there's a way that we do things. Um, and so I start out very militant, and the, and the guys don't really have too many options. Um, but as they progress through the steps that, that we require, um, they start to understand why they're doing what they do, which then allows them to take ownership of the program. So, so guys that are in two years, three years in, They're almost making their own decisions, and it's really fun to watch. Jermaine's not making his own decisions right now. Um, I'm helping him make the decisions that are good for his body that then allow him to understand, oh, these are the improvements I'm getting. I want to keep doing this.
1: And a question here in the audience at the Esquire.
5: Is what you're doing with the two transfers that are redshirting, is that any different? Uh, It's a great question. Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, 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 and they would tell you that as well they're, they're much more sore um, I'm spending a lot of, of energy you know, developing muscle mass on those guys right now they obviously don't have to compete they don't have to play so their performance doesn't have to be peak right now where the other guys are getting less volume they're not as sore we're just maintaining their bodies um, the other two uh, they're getting a lot more volume and, and they're getting a lot more lifting time so it's completely a different program
4: how is Io different than when you first got a hold of him? Like, physically, give me the attributes.
5: Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Io was when we got him, he was overtrained. Um, he had just done too much, and, and he could barely dunk a basketball when he was here. His, his, his approach vertical, he touched 10 6.5, which being 6.5 inches above the rim, that, that barely allows you to dunk a basketball. Um, and, and by the end of, of this summer in the progression, he was touching 11 eight, um which is a huge, huge vertical jump increase. The increase happened because we backed off the volume and we allowed his body to recover. He had just done so much. He came from USA Basketball. He played on the circuit. There was so much activity that he was doing that had just run his body down. And we just had to allow him to kind of recover more so than anything else, um, then allow him to start building his body back up. He's gained, he's gained weight. Obviously, Coach has talked about that. Um, his bench press, that's kind of the metric that they use at the NBA Combine. Uh, 185, he did a one rep um, last year. This year, he did a 15 reps. So he's up 14 reps on his 185, uh, which is very competitive um, at the NBA Draft Combine. Um, if for his position specifically, he would be one of the top two in this year's draft. Um, so that, that that's his strength number. His vertical jump numbers have obviously gone up. And, and really, just the health of his body. Last year was the first year in the last three of his playing career where he made it through a full season healthy. Um, his high school career, if you go back and look, ankle injuries had, had held him out, held him out, held him out. Um, and last year, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, we made it through the full season. And he obviously understands how to take care of his body at a really high level now.
3: Uh, since you mentioned um, I.O. dunking a little bit, uh, early in your tenure at Illinois, I think a lot of pre-game warm-ups ended with <laughs> you dunking. Uh, not so much recently. Uh, can you still go out there and throw one down? Or? Absolutely. I,
5: I, still, <laughs> I still can. Um, I'm probably not going to bring it back. but. It's, uh, it, yeah, yeah. I do all the time, and the guys know that the balance is still in the legs.
2: Got another question from the audience.
5: Hey, Adam, uh, thanks for being here. Um, during uh, the Big Ten season, the middle of the season when things are getting uh, pretty uh, hyped up and so on, what's game day look like? What, what's the day before game day look like? Are, are, the, are you running the players in the weight room? Are they lifting before the game, after the game, the next day? How's all that fit together? Yeah, it's a great question. We lift every day that we practice. So every day we practice, we lift. Um, and we kind of use that as the tune-up for the body, right? Um, and we want to make sure guys are feeling really good before they go out to the practice course. So we actually lift at 6.30, and then we go right out to practice at 7. Um, that's every single day we have practice. Um, Today, same thing. We lifted before we had practice, and it's the day before a game. That never changes. That's just who we are. Um, what we lift, that changes. But it's, it's the tune-up of the body more so than anything else. Uh, right now, the guys are in film. They're going to go from film. They're going to eat. Once they eat, they're going to go to bed. If they're going to wake up. They're going to have breakfast tomorrow morning with me. The red shirts will lift with me in the morning. Um, so those guys will lift at 8 o'clock. They'll get a court workout with one of our coaches. After that, they'll go to breakfast. Then we'll all go over to shoot-around. They'll do shoot-around, they'll eat again. Um, And then that that will be four hours before the game, and then we'll play the game. Right before the game, we give them another carbohydrate snack that's more sustained energy for the game, but that kind of gives you the idea. After the game, obviously post-game meal.
1: Lauren Tate is in the audience, and he's too shy to ask this (laughs) himself. So you talk about improving somebody's vertical jump. Can you help him out at all?
2: (laughs) He just had a birthday on, on Sunday.
1: This bad, yesterday. Yeah,
2: he turned, uh, turned 30.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Adam, what's, what's it like, too, in, in terms of maybe dating back to your playing career at Miami, Ohio? You mentioned the nutrition part, and I know they have separate nutritionists and things, but how has that changed, even from your playing days, to what it's like now for, for the players?
5: It's changed a lot. Um, I go back... I, I talk about playing at Miami all the time because I had, I had five knee surgeries and two ankle surgeries and five years of college basketball. So if anyone has think about that, that's a lot. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's really drove the way I, I train our guys. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to not put them in that situation. And it wasn't anything that I didn't do in the weight room or did do in the weight room. It wasn't anything that Charlie Coles was doing as a coach. Um, I think it was, a, it was a combination of everything. Um, the nutrition wasn't always great. The hydration wasn't always great. Uh, the way we lifted maybe, maybe wasn't always ideal. Um, how much practice we did. Again, that combination, it's, it's like a recipe, right? If you put a bunch of bad ingredients, the cake doesn't taste good. Um, so we try to make sure that our guys have the best ingredients to make sure that the, the outcome, the cake, tastes really good. Um, and it's all those small ingredients that go into that, the health, the total body health of the athletes, you know, mind, mind and body. Any
1: last questions for Adam Fletcher? Let me know. We're going to let him uh, get on his way here. Here's one right here. Go ahead.
4: Are you working on Kofi's vertical?
5: Uh, okay, so Kofi, uh, our highest, uh, the highest you can touch is, is 12-2 on our on our vertical touch. Um, and he has now surpassed that. So at this point, we're going to continue to just build the boxes up to see how high <laughs> he can go. But what I told coaches, I said he can jump high. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: As I mentioned, Adam Fletcher, starting year number five, he told me when he got here he had hair. <laughs> he still does. So yeah. when the game's going on, you're in the you're in the on the bench in the huddles, or chewing gum, whatever you do during the. So what did you what are you looking for in that 40 minutes when the
5: game's going on? Yeah, the the big thing is if if the medias getting a little bit long, um, how we can get guys subbed in and out around the medias. Um, just to build that little bit of extra rest in you know the media getting extended um, that's whenever guys start to bog down a little bit and that that just happens right the nature of the game um, so so kind of monitoring that the other thing that I spend a lot of time on is, is emotional control um, if you saw me early in my career I was very emotional on the bench I was very active up and down um, I don't do that anymore um, I, I, I spend more towards the side of, of emotional control uh, I, I, I help with some of our guys that, are, that, are, that that need help in that area in the game, um, I'm kind of that calming voice at times. Um, and that's that's one of the areas that, that I've changed for myself, um, but has also changed for our guys as well from what they see from me.
1: That's Adam Fletcher, everybody. We appreciate uh, his time, <laughs> that season opener tomorrow night against Nichols State, seven o'clock at the State Farm Center. We'll take a break and be back with another segment here, talk some more football, whatever else might be on your mind. But thanks to Adam Fletcher, Back at the Esquire in downtown Champaign in just a moment.
0: It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sportswriters. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game.
1: Welcome back Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. We're here another seven or eight minutes before we hit uh, the uh, top of the hour here in Champaign-Urbana, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. And uh, thanks to Adam Fletcher for spending some time with us. Some good questions uh, from the audience and the esteemed panel as well. Nickel State, what do you know about them, Scott? you done some research on the, don't tell me, the Colonels. Is that right?
3: That is right. Um, and they're one of those teams in Louisiana that spells GO with an EAUX. So I learned that. Um, that's, that's
1: because they're located in a town called Thibodeau, Yeah. Which has a x on the end of that.
3: Yeah, pretty Cajun. Uh <laughs> basketball wise, I mean they I think it went f- 14 and 17 last year, uh finished towards the bottom uh, of the Southland Conference. Uh, middle to the bottom. Uh two of their top five uh Best players from last year are back. Um, with their third-leading scorer. Uh, they have a little more experience in the front court, uh, but they don't have the size really uh, that to match uh, the, the Kofi Georgie pairing. Um, several transfers. I mean, it's kind of a typical Southland Conference team. Kind of reloads a lot of their roster uh, every year, but uh, it also means that they have a lot of seniors on the team. So there's they might not have all played, you know, Division One basketball, though they do have. Uh, or transfers from other you know, D1 programs, but they've all played you know, a lot of basketball, so they have that going for them. Um, I think their one maybe advantage on Illinois is they have—I uh, want to say—a lot of size, but they have bigger wings, um, kind of the, at the two and the three. They've got it's just you know six five, six six, but uh, kind of bigger, stronger. So, and Illinois is kind of thin you know, at that position right now. So, all in all, I mean. Advantage certainly goes to Illinois just in terms of uh, talent, but uh, it'll be an, an interesting matchup just to kind of see, honestly, just a, re- a game that counts, see kind of how, how Illinois fares. Uh, I think the, the Lewis exhibition obviously didn't count for anything other than just getting a look at the team, but uh, wins matter now, especially for a team that is you know trying to get back to the NCAA tournament.
1: And not to look too far ahead, but there are three games this week, after the uh, season opener at home tomorrow night, Illinois goes to Arizona, as we mentioned, to play two games, Friday night against Grand Canyon, Sunday night against Arizona. In your research, what have you found out about Grand Canyon, which has been kind of a program on the rise in recent times, kind of a new program, but uh, I understand they have a very uh, unique and sometimes tough-to-play-in home court environment.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I think everyone kind of talks about Grand Canyon um, huge student following uh the illinois game has been sold out for a long time and there were students camping out to get tickets for that game and uh, i think the best way to describe the environment uh is a rave i mean they play a lot of music and the students go crazy so so it's it's like
2: it's like a night working at the news gazette yeah just
3: (laughs) full full of excitement no but i mean that's a really it's a good place for illinois to start on the road, and it's going to be tough, and then, I mean, basketball-wise, I mean, it's kind of, they regularly win 20 games, have not yet reached the NCAA tournament, uh, can't get past New Mexico State, honestly, in the whack, at least not yet, uh, but I mean, they've got some good guards, uh, so it'd be an interesting uh, matchup, I think, with Illinois, obviously Arizona, uh, top 25 team, I think they're ranked, if I remember correctly, 21st right now, and when it comes to good guards, it um, should be a great matchup. I mean, Illinois obviously has a potential first-round draft pick in Iowa to and then Arizona uh, can match that uh, with freshman point guard Nico Mannion. So of all of the matchups for the first week of the season, that's the one I am most excited about. I mean, Nico Mannion, I mean, he's a legit you know, lottery pick uh, next June.
2: Like you said, Friday night's game against didn't count so I would may drop 27 and 10 tomorrow night against uh, Nichols State. But what did you see from Io in Friday night uh, exhibition game?
3: I mean, honestly, not a lot. Uh, he was one of seven from the field, and really struggled with his three-point shot. It just it wasn't particularly close, and I mean that was a, a really huge area of growth in his game you know, last season. But and he had a few uh, uncharacteristic turnovers. It just was not his best game. Brett Underwood's not concerned. I don't think he really should be concerned. I mean, it's it's one game. Everyone's entitled to maybe not having their best night. And even as, you know, if he struggled, Trent Frazier uh, had a really good game. Andres Feliz had a good game. There's Those three can, they can kind of, you know, back each other up in, in that regard. So Iowa uh, will be fine, is my uh, expert opinion on things. Like he's, he's too good of a player to, you know, play that way consistently.
1: Back to football, Bob. Look into your crystal ball and tell me what's going to happen in these final three games, and maybe four if they go to a bowl game.
4: Illinois is going to go two and one last, final three. They'll win Saturday, lose to Iowa, win against Northwestern, seven and five, not bad. And big game Saturday also, Alabama, LSU. At, uh, Alabama. I like the uh, battle.
1: You heard it here first, although over the weekend, I think you told me they were going to win out.
2: Bob's leading our college football picks, <laughs> by the way.
4: So in, I, in, could in be the right. totally I could wrong. be right. He could be right.
1: All right, We're out of time. Appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for coming to the Esquire. We'll see you again here next week for Monday Night Sports Talk. Have a good night, everybody.